Welcome to The Travelling Senorita, episode number 31. Wow, what a week it has been. Thank the Lord there is birds chirping because there's lots going on in the world and I do this podcast every week. And this week has been particularly um, challenging across the globe, but I seek solace in the fact that we are all in this together. So I am still doing my podcast, I am still doing my blogs, and I'm still writing stories as a storyteller around the world because I believe that stories will take us into the next dimension of the future. And today I have ventured down to Brunswick Heads. Um, We are almost a little bit in isolation around these regional areas, but we tend to be in isolation anyway in regional areas. I've come out of my house, out of my freelance life to find a story today that is really impressive actually. And I didn't really know a lot about it other than there's this wonderful restaurant down in Brunswick Heads called Cado that I was like, hmm, I had some food here the other night. What goes on here? Let's dig a little deeper. I come down and I find this chef down here who is actually from Switzerland in Europe and has connections to Italy. So please welcome. Welcome everyone. Giorgio Ravelli here with you guys. I like to I like you to say your name because no one can say it better than you can. <laughs> Giorgio Ravelli. And Giorgio Ravelli, tell me a little bit about where you grew up in Europe. So I grew up on um, Lake Maggiore, which is uh, in the Swiss part um, of... Um, no, sorry. So I go... No, no, go. No, keep going. No, this is... We, we, we can't... We don't edit, my friend. The Swiss part. Where did you grow up? Yeah, no, it's good. I know, I was about to say in the Italian-speaking part of uh, Switzerland. But this is true, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, keep going. Because, okay, so here's the thing that I know. Let me put you back here for a second. I went to the Dolomites in, at Christmas, and I didn't realise how much the Italian, Austrian, Swiss borders pretty much all uh quite mixed together yeah and and there's a culture that comes out of that is that what you're saying yeah yeah it's 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 also pretty much a, a mess um over there in the dolomites as well as much as it is in uh, in switzerland yeah so we share uh, four languages in switzerland wow. french german italian and retro-romantic which is a you also learn this as children not all of them because otherwise we're pretty a mess i know most of them uh, german not so well and retro romantic i'm not even gonna try because it's a it's a mess of a so language what is what is your natural language italian it is okay parlo parlo italiano a casa si si but you live in switzerland yeah can I know, we just break that down a little bit it's really really close like from from my hometown the border is uh, 10 minutes by uh, by car we actually share a lake with uh, with italy and our side is uh, is cleaner, and their side is a bit a bit less. Okay, so it's a bit like New South Wales and Queensland. We have all these jokes about who, who <laughs> yes. who's Cafoni, who's not Cafoni. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Okay, okay. So, but you, are you? Do you? Um, are you? Are you Swiss? Like, are you? I'm I'm a Swiss, hundred percent. But I think Swiss Italians are a bit more uh, open-minded. They're a bit more uh, relaxed. They're a bit like Italians. They uh, they love to joke. And also economically in uh, Ticino, we're not as um, as well in uh, as the rest of Switzerland. So yeah, we're just like we're, we're the last carriage of the, of the train. I, I love it. I love it. It's, <laughs> it's like the heel on the boot in Italy because I think of Switzerland as quite refined and quite you know classically beautiful. Um, Italians, I prefer in my this. I can say this, but Italians are so kind of like rustic and self-sufficient and about the family and the home and the food. Is that how you grew up? Yeah, pretty much massively influenced by, by Italy, the, the food in my, reg- in my region, but also a little bit from France and from Germany, not so much, because uh, 
you don't really want to have a German food in your sausages uh, and beer. Yeah, in your cooking repertoire, just stick with the Mediterranean. Who's not going to lean against the Italians and get pasta and vino? Come on, they know what they're doing, right? Uh, and the cheeses. So yeah, no, the Come cheeses. On. Yeah, best cheeses in the world from yeah. Switzerland. So that's something you need to respect yeah so let's just touch a little bit on the c word we're not going to go there too much but right now in europe there's a there's there's borders that are closing and there's some um there's some trouble around the, big, big uh, the trouble. virus yes yeah. so how does that make you feel being over in australia and looking at that um i feel sorry for the people over there i hope they're gonna get um the situation sorted as soon as possible I, I keep contact with my family. It was right in the epicenter of the of this crisis. They obviously in Switzerland, they're on lockdown. They uh, yeah, they don't really so they don't really know how how this is going to evolve and how long it's going to take. Especially, but it's probably a good time to talk about them culturally. So how do they how do they become resilient? Like, what would they be doing? Would they be together cooking food? Would they be playing music? How does it look? Um. Well, what I've seen from Italians, they like singing on the balconies and they're trying to be positive. I have friends in uh, Milan who are doing um, cooking shows from, from home, like yeah. um, uh, rest restaurateurs who are just getting on the camera and, um, and explaining how to cook something for yourself from, from your place. You know, they're trying to be really uh, confident and uh, they're not going to let, them, uh, let themselves down and trying to be positive and... and take everything, every single positive uh, thing from, from the situation, yeah. Yeah, so, and creative, creative with food. Exactly, yeah, creative and, uh, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about food for a while. Um, how did you, what was it like for you growing up? Were you growing up around a, a grandfather who cooked or a father, mother? I was absolutely spoiled. I was going on a break from, from my school, from my primary school, and I was going to eat restaurant food every day, pretty much. For your lunch break? Yes. Really? Yeah. I had friends who actually, they wanted to be my friends so they could come and join me for lunch at my father's uh, restaurant in Locarno. Uh, so your father in, uh, had a restaurant in? in um, on the Lake Maggiore, on really close to Locarno. He had a restaurant for uh, over 40 years, really successful. 40 years? 40 years, wow. yeah. yeah. And what was his role in the restaurant? The owner he yeah he sat as a as a cook with my mom on the floor and then eventually he got out the kitchen because it drives you insane after a while and and he was running operation like a back of back of office and um but he was doing all sorts of jobs sometimes i would see him washing dishes or cutting the grass or like folding napkins and i and my family and my sister we we did the same uh, pattern we did all sorts of jobs from making ice cream from uh, being the gardener, from uh, uh, clearing tables, uh, smashing plates sometimes when we were a bit clumsy. We did it all, yeah. It's really interesting you say ice cream because um, I, I, I would really wanted to do a podcast on the Dolomites and I did one at Christmas and then unfortunately all this this, this um, drama has happened but I love that region of Veneto and everything was about ice cream. Everywhere we went they were like, oh, my husband, my, my father, they all work in ice cream. And I said to my husband, what is this? Thing about ice cream here so ice cream in that part of Italy was prevalent to teach the Germans how to make ice cream so everybody opened up ice creameries yeah, yeah, with yeah. the Swiss part of this ice cream revolution yeah well very much and in fact I've got even pictures of myself making ice cream with with my granddad he used to make ice cream for the restaurant in his, uh, in his cellar and I used to join him uh, on my, my weekends and just helping out. Um, like a gelato. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Used to have yeah. like uh, all equipment, machines and big freezers. Classic. and uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and it was a um, yeah it was like really great experience he grew up in a um, in a pastry in a pastry shop in a really good pastry shop when they they used to make everything from scratch beautiful um like a marron glace you know from chestnuts and all the beautiful things that they um from from oh, their repertoire gorgeous. things that nowadays would dream about yeah. like nobody nobody does it from yeah. scratch anymore unfortunately but yeah I think we're finding that it's turning back a little bit, just a little bit. We're going to be doing things from scratch. You, you're, you're, you're up yeah. in this region here in northern New South Wales. Yeah. Are you noticing how authentic it is and how natural the produce, literally from farm to, to plate? Are you feeling yeah. that up here? Yeah, we're really proud of making pretty much everything in, in the restaurant ourselves. Um, I was telling you before, we go to markets whenever we can, Molombimbi or Byron or... Um, Around around the corner in New Brighton, we just we just pick what's what's good in season, and we you know we can touch the ingredient and see what's uh, what's good and just yeah think, just get you, inspired and uh, and and come up with a new menu with a with these new ingredients. So you learnt this as a young boy. So when you decided to come to Northern New South Wales, like you've landed here in Northern New South Wales, but yeah. before you got here. You went from Switzerland to London. Is this what is this your? Yeah, we we did a, a big tour of uh, of Europe. Um, it was always my dream to eventually move to um, to London at some point as a as a young chef, and yeah, as soon as I could, I left Switzerland and I moved to London, and then uh, and then I did a big tour of Europe with uh, with my wife. Did you meet in London? Yeah, yeah, we met in London. Let's bring Holly in for a minute. So yeah. Holly's on the floor in a restaurant that she was the maitre d' of a restaurant you were working at. Is that how that how you met? Yeah, um, I was I was actually out one night and I bumped into her she was uh, doing um, a receptionist in a, in a fancy place in, uh, in London and I started chatting to her in, I think in French I don't know why and she was <laughs> so confused she looked at me like I don't speak French and I just kept going and uh, look at you fancy pants yeah, yeah, you like could have pulled out four languages and you pulled out <laughs> French which one would you prefer Italian or retro romantic well, you, you actually look very Italian is my first impression of you, but that would have been interesting hearing you speak French to her. So that didn't win her over. She said to speak English. So she she looked really really desperate because she eventually gave me her <laughs> number and she said, "Oh, let's let's try this guy." And I don't see agree her. with you. If you met Holly, she doesn't look desperate at all. So so you caught up and then you started working in the same restaurants together, or how did? Uh, we um, we were sick and tired of London. We decided to have a. A bit of a party in uh, in Berlin, so we moved to Berlin. How long did you live in Berlin for? Um, until we were exhausted of partying and uh, mm. and uh, going out. Got it all out of your system. <laughs> yes. 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 We went to like a more healthy and um, and sunny sunny place in Europe, so we moved to Montpellier afterwards. Beautiful. And we stayed for like a year and a half. South and then west France. It says south southwest. Yeah. West France. Yes. Yeah, towards uh, towards the Pyrenees. Yeah, beautiful, gorgeous. And after so do that, you ski? Do you, you, yeah. Uh, sorry, you're Swiss. That's a silly question. Skiing, now I'm uh, becoming a pro surfer as well. No, I Bullshit. think that's getting. You would not say that in Australia. <laughs> no. So, so as a Swiss man, you go to near the Pyrenees and you work in a restaurant down there. Yeah. And uh, chefing. And does Holly work in the same restaurant as you? Yeah, yeah. That was a massive challenging for her. She had to learn French from scratch. Mm. Tried, uh, starting by going to school and then and then she eventually was running the floor because there's not much English spoken around those areas. Uh, yeah well yeah quite a quite a few tourists uh, lots of students but, but she was French. yeah, yeah now you yeah. you have to speak French That's and right. uh, and she was she was doing amazing uh, she learned the language in a, um, 
like in an amateur time and and then before she knew she was she was running the floor of a, like a fine dining restaurant in uh, in Montpellier and you were the chef i was i was a uh, sous chefing I was uh, was second in charge and uh, yeah it was was amazing experience. And so how do you go from there back to the Hawkesbury River in Sydney? How do you get back to Sydney? <laughs> yeah, exactly. How do you... Is there Hawks... much in between there? Or... Well, there was like four more years in uh, in London mm-hmm. where we uh, I was running a place in um, in East London in Shoreditch, um, a restaurant upstairs, um, the Ten Bells, a famous pub for uh, Jack the Reaper. All right, yeah. And then after that, we decided to um, just get a break and live some somewhere beautiful and uh, and nice and have our first child and we ended up staying on Hawkesbury in uh, just north of uh, Sydney. Were you working there as well? I was kind of forced uh, to stay there. Yeah. I was just having a bit of a visa travel and uh, I was waiting for uh, to be accepted. You were chefing down there too? Um, off the records. Yeah, <laughs> so anyway, moving. I might get deported. Not at all. There's no deported going on right now, particularly. That's true. Um, no. Um, so you end up in northern New South Wales, which is where we're standing today. I often find myself, if I'm not overseas traveling to places like Italy and what have you, I'm usually in Byron Bay, Brunswick Heads, or the Tweed region where yeah. I live because it's full of produce, amazing chefs and self-starters that do restaurants together and yeah. really produce some fantastic stuff. How do you find yourself at a restaurant that used to be called Kingswood Yeah. and now it's called Cardour? Yeah. And how does that all happen? Uh, so Holly... Tree change? Sea change? No, Holly, Holly found this, uh, this ad on the internet for a restaurant on sale and she, she drove up here with, uh, with her mum, the dog and the... Um, and I was on in the car while I was chefing in Sydney. She checked out the place and she said, yeah, come up here, have a look. We bought it and we, within like three weeks, we, we opened the doors of a... Um... Oh, so you only bought it and then within three weeks you opened? Yeah, yeah, it was pretty... Uh, That's kind of like the was... fastest turnaround I've ever heard. Yeah. I, I had like people high-fiving us in the street because they were, they were so impressed of, a, of month, our... Uh... What month was that? Like a November or something? Or... We Just bought it Christmas. in end of mid mid November and we opened beginning of uh, December. Wow, that's yeah. incredible! So the fit out was all done. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you knew what you were going to do for food and wine. Or? Yeah. Well, they they did an amazing job. Uh, the Kingswood um, with the with the structure was uh, everything pretty much was in place and. We just had to set up system and think about what to cook and what to feed to people and uh, finding like a few um, wine suppliers and um, just open the door and, and provide great vibes. Yeah. That was our plan. Yeah, so you've got a really strong background in hospitality. So the first thing you do is go and have a look at what the produce around the area yeah. is. Yeah? yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I'm still doing that very much. I'm trying to find every day like better suppliers, everyone local and, um, and just trying to source everything from... Not really like a zero kilometers, but yeah. from really like a regionally sourced. Yeah. yeah. And so, so when you land in a small town like this, how do you, um, you know, you've got you, you've got a European background, and Holly's a global girl. How do you connect is she to? Really? I think she is. Well, she's from New Zealand. No, that's not very global. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded global. Yeah. Um, no. How do you connect into a small community? What 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 would be some of your advice to people if they were doing a tree change like you've done out of a city, out of Europe, into a beautiful regional I'd area? say is highly suggested I would recommend to everyone to get out of the city and live somewhere where you can listen to birds chirping mm-hmm. and you don't have uh, planes flying above you yeah that's what we wanted and to be honest I come from like a provincial town in, in Switzerland so it's not really much difference 
how you grew up, but yeah. you spent a lot of time in cities, Berlin, yeah. London. Yeah, but just we just wanted to change. Once you once you do too much of something, yeah. in this case, like cities, you just want to have like a decent life in like in, in green spaces with not much traffic, with like a nice community feeling. So when you have a son, you want them to grow up the way you did, right? You want yeah. them to feel the same way that you did when you had freedom and, and fresh air. Maybe not the same way. I was a bit of a vandal when I was... Um, vandal? Young, so yeah, yeah. Like yeah. a criminal? Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, yeah, I, looked, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed open spaces. I'm, I'm still dreaming about Boy Scouts. Mm. I, I just love all that stuff, like being out, camping, uh, you know, cooking on the fire. Just nature, yeah, yeah. And so we're surrounded by nature here. You just said you've taken up surfing, is that right? Well, I'm trying to, uh, yeah, I'm trying not to drown and at the same time not get sunburned. Yeah, and, and have a good time out in, in the ocean. Yeah. And are you living in Brunswick Heads? We live in Ocean Shores, actually. You live in Ocean Shores and yeah. you have the restaurant here. So yeah. let's talk a little bit about Cadu. What is the menu like? Tell me something that you're really proud of on the menu. It's small, it's uh, reasonably priced. It's uh, really straightforward, meaning we don't fuck around. Yeah. <laughs> no, like no, it's. I can, love I, that. can I say? Can I say that it's word? It's my podcast. You can do whatever you want. Okay. You know, she's I'll not. She's too. not going to edit When you it say anyway. not fuck around, what yeah. do you mean by that? Meaning, what we serve on the plate is rustic, but done. It's just rustic food, like juicy food, something that you would like to eat every day, and it's not. It's not trendy. It's just. It also brings back some uh, some, some like traditional recipes and um, and like a method of cookings that you and learned as a young boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. Give me an example yeah. of that. Oh, like terrines or like a beurre blanc, in like basic sauces and preparations. Beautiful. Uh, uh, roasting the old way, not sticking something in a in a in a bag and putting in a, in the oven. You know, like a vacuuming. Yeah. Just yeah. like a cooking cooking like old school. Like you like, would at home. Yeah. Right. Braising, roasting. Uh, uh, boiling, God knows. You I just had this uh, amazing um, potato cake, like a potato cake on your menu. Yeah. So, so I came here a few weeks ago. I stumbled upon you. I feel like you're the sort of restaurant. You're in this, like, you're in amongst a, a, a hotel and a, and a strip of shops, but you're kind of hidden, and it's like a little um, surprise when you walk in. Yeah. And then I ordered. And I, I, I saw the wine list and I'm like, okay, these guys, I, I, judge, I, judge, I judge a restaurant by its wine. Yeah. I was like, they know good, their wine. Well, I know, you know, you know, natural wines, beautiful wines, and I could see yeah. the in you that. Then we ordered this banging potato cake. Tell me what you did with that potato cake. Because it was, I had, there was two other women with me and we were raving all night about a potato cake. I've been people like uh, knocking on my door asking for the recipe. Tell me about that. it. Just tell me what you did. Like people queuing oh, you outside. Okay. You can't tell me what no, you no, did. but it's okay. It's okay. Just tell me the simplicity. Uh, please of it, just send a little donation uh, after I, I tell you this uh, this recipe. No, you we... don't have to tell me the recipe. Just tell me no. what the flavors mixed together. So it's just like layered thinly sliced potatoes that steamed and then pressed. So it's like a massive uh, potato cake cut into cubes, deep fried. It's basically like a a big chip. And uh, yeah, it's like golden fry, uh, fry to gold, uh, to golden yeah, golden yeah, brown color. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then every now and then we we change the the sauce. Before was um, like a seaweed sauce. Yes. Now it's like That's a burnt burnt onion uh, emulsion. Mm. So we try to keep it uh, vegetarian and vegan at the same time. Mm -hmm. So it's like a good garnish that goes with. Um, with every, uh, I love that. So you can person. keep the potato cake, but you just change the sauces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The seaweed sauce on a potato cake, though—that's that's that—that that is like art, yeah. right there. 
But that's that's a classic, potatoes and seaweed. Do you see yourself as an artist? No. Really? Why not? Um, I see chefs as artists when they're fusing uh, food together. Yeah, only if you wanna if you wanna feed on your ego, maybe you you call yourself a, okay, an artist. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. Okay, a creative. Are you a creative guy in yeah. your head when you wake up in the morning and you look in the pantry? I've got my moments, like everyone. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like a massively creative and uh, and I just wanna do stuff. Sometimes your creativity just doesn't work. Yeah. So, like a painter so you or, or someone writing and they yeah. can't write anymore. So when you, you can't be creative, just don't try because yeah, you're you, just going to struggle. When you feel really creative, then you really need to go for it. So tell me something when you feel really creative and you've got to create a dessert, what would you create? Um, I would, first of all, we, we keep everything pretty simple, but uh, something, I just like seasonal stuff. I like to, to work with uh, what I see at the market. Uh, we put on a really beautiful opera cake at the beginning opera here. Opera cake, tell me about that. And that was, that's like an, an, a really old school classic from like a French cooking uh, repertoire. And I remember used, uh, doing this cake uh, back at the library in, um, in, in the early days. And it's like a layered um, cake with um, uh, buttercream, uh, coffee, coffee syrup and, uh, and chocolate ganache. Wow. Yeah, so it's, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a work. I mean, my uh, my mate Tom was mainly doing it, and I uh, I was just like um, In the watching here. it. Yeah, yeah. What's your forte? Would you say that you're a savory guy, or what? What do you like to cook? Um, huh. I like my snacks. Mm. Like your starters. Yeah, tappers, I or? like I like to put cheese on everything. Yeah. Sometimes we need to uh, like refrain ourselves from oh shit, like the the menu is like a covered in cheese pretty much. But because it's, you're also working with beautiful um, cheeses, loves you. Yes, and, yeah. She's got like twenty six cheeses. Did you she, know that? She's insane. She got twenty six. I thought like, she had like half a dozen. No. I went to her dairy. She has twenty six cheeses. Yeah, maybe even more. And they all they all produce from uh, from Jessica Milk. Amazing. And we went to see her like a few weeks back, and yeah, um, yeah. and it's such a beautiful surrounding. Mm. And the, the work she does, and the, the passion she puts in the, into her cheese. She had did she deliver to you, or you pick up from the market? Uh, we when we ask really really kindly, she yeah. She, sometimes she shows up. Beautiful. But mainly we go to the market and we have a chat with her and uh, and we just get the stuff from, from the market. I love this though because cheese and wine, we've just said two of my favourite things in the world. So the menu at Cadeau, <laughs> God, yeah. the menu at Cadeau and dessert, they're the three things I love in the world other than my family, is cheese, dessert and wine. So Cadeau gives me all of that. Is that right? It's that menu correct, is, yeah. is threaded with those three things. Yeah. Excellent. Okay, I love that. I'm coming back time and time again. Now, before we end this podcast, um, first and foremost, I wish you all the luck into the future. You've only been open for three months. I've already heard great things about you. More importantly, I've tried your food and I really like it. You're authentic. You're real. It's a husband and wife team. Yeah. Um, you can't do better than that. It's like, well, I feel like I'm walking into your house. Is that what you're trying to call it? Mi casa es su casa? Is yeah. That, is this what's going on The restaurant on is a bit tidier than, uh, than our, our house. Our house is like a, is like a chaos. How old it's is like the, a, your son? Um, he's approaching three, three years old. Yeah, that's fair enough. But what you're trying to create is you want me to feel comfortable walking in? Yeah, exactly. It's like a, we really want to give you like a warmth. Uh, like a good vibes, good service, and um, and not and pay a shitload and be trending. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is it <laughs> you true? said that. I, I said didn't that. say that. Okay. I, I said you're, I don't want to. You're not gonna lo- try to edit. She said that. I, Remember, guys. I just I don't know about the whole trendy thing. It just drives me I crazy. Know, I know. I totally agree with you. However, however, let's move away from that. Now, two things I did not tell you about this because you are a very smart, 
quick thinking man. This is how I always end my podcast. Who and where inspires you? Who, a person, and where, a place? God, I think I may need a couple of minutes to, uh, to yeah, think you can about do that. You can do that. I think who is mainly the chefs I've been working with Good answer. who are putting all their lives into, into what they love and sometimes even more um, of their lives. Everything, giving it everything. Everything, they yes. just give bloody everything hours, sweat. Pain. Above their family. Exactly. Sometimes, sometimes, yeah, yeah. They, they put aside the families, which has to be said. Yeah. Where? Wow. I mean, I lived in so many places that I think every single corner of the place I lived before, I think but somehow inspired me. Really, really, if you were to think of a place in the world right now, if the world was shutting down, let's say, <laughs> where would you, where would you why? go? Why would the, sh- the world shut down? Are you crazy or yeah, what? What yeah, are you trying I to don't say? Know. There's some Black Mirror vibe going on. But oh. if you were to sort of shut down the world and you were to go somewhere that would inspire you, that you could live for a while, where would that be? I think is um, my family chalet up in a mountain, like overlooking uh, my, my hometown. It's a place where I always felt like peace, you can see, you can see the, the bars, you can see shit going oh my God, on. Gorgeous. And you see the, the view of the lake, which is beautiful, and you can get the sunshine. And, but all around you is just peace, nothing else but peace. Can you and, walk uh, down to those bars and restaurants down there? Yeah, I, I did it once. It takes you like a couple of hours, but you, you can walk anywhere from there. Beautiful. So you can see life going on, but you've got nature around you. You, you, you see the whole city or the whole town, and, uh, and you're just up there, sometimes even above uh, the clouds. And I know it sounds a bit corny, but you almost touch the sky with your finger. I love this. You've almost got this kind of Australian vibe going on here. Hey, I wish you all the best into the future. You and Thank Holly you so much. are going to do really well. And um, Cado in Brunswick Heads, yeah. small regional town, big-hearted food, and just really um, warm. Thank you so much. Gorgeous. But food. hang on, we didn't keep our social distancing. Oh, no, this is audio. Okay. Doesn't matter. If we're on television, we have to keep social distance. In audio, we can't. All right, that never happened, Adios, guys. Adios, amigo. <laughs>